Hey, it's White Boy Chris. If the Pat Downs ever made you laugh, then join our Patreon and support us. Get bonus content, a t-shirt, or an autographed copy of Rabbit, Miss Pat's autobiography. Visit misspatcomedy.com for the link to the Patreon, and while you're there, join our Facebook group. Pro for that Welcome to another episode. Shut the fuck up. Welcome to another episode of the Pat Down, and we have a special guest, and we got my friend, John Rattler, and this is the dude that helped me got the Miss Pat show. Oh, when, when I thought shit wasn't gonna happen, I, I had a fucking white show the crown. <laughs> you better get up, get out, and tune into this podcast. It's Pat spit the truth, spit the real facts. Nothing but the ugly, classy at the same time. Pat got the flavor, these are not the same lines. That's the politics, she been on the real grind. It could be pretty, but ugly at the same time. Just tune in, put your lock on the spin down. Ain't no need for the wait and turn her up now. What you talking about? Is it real though? And cut the game, you get no play like Nintendo. You waste the time, turn the up, nothing but the ugly. Straight off the top, everything she say, you know it's funny. Full plans, this is taste of the future. Listen on your iPhone or your desktop computer. Share it, tweet it, ain't no way to beat it. Nothing but the ugly, turn it up and gon' repeat it. Okay, Chris, do you know who John is? I have no clue. This is John Rattler. This is the man uh, uh, who found me on Mark Marin Podcast. Okay. That's how I got a TV show. Smart move. Now I, I'm delivering wings in suburban Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I coincidentally brought a batch of wings to Pat's house just now, and she happened to be recording this podcast. <laughs> oh, invited invited so, me in to participate. So she treats, no, you like, she, she treats you like everybody else where she goes, hey, where are you at? Can you bring me something? <laughs> no, what's crazy is, is he like... You know, we we went to a couple football games. He do like the whitest shit, like just walk up <laughs> on black people. You know, he show all his white privilege. So he come in my house, take his shoes off, open my refrigerator. Like, what the fuck are you in my refrigerator for? <laughs> I can't go in your refrigerator. You can go in my fridge, nigga. Black people don't go in people's refrigerator. That shit is disrespectful. And he immediately just started walking around the house. Even like, even I knew that, John. I had some leftovers <laughs> once, and I go, "May I put this in your fridge?" And she's like, "Of course." That just tells me that John Rattler had food at the house. <laughs> I, I would say this is a this is a small exaggeration. I stayed within I stayed within a pretty narrow radius of my entrance, and uh, yes, I I did go into the refrigerator. And you also walked over to the window and looked out the back window, like you in the backyard, like it was a nigga out there. You you knew, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is he looking outside for? Maybe there's a pool here or something. I don't know. No fuck. Yes, it's raining, so you can't even fucking use the pool if it was one here he's making himself comfortable man i'm very curious i like to know what's inside and outside when i'm in a new place oh inside the fridge (laughs) inside the fridge he went in the the fucking pantry so i said what are you looking for oh something to drink well nigga just ask for it <laughs> well, he doesn't. He does. He doesn't he, know what he to opened ask up for. the fridge like Sunny D orange stuff. I saw the, the the truth is I saw a can of Pellegrino when I walked in, and I assumed there were more of them, and I assumed that they were in the refrigerator. They were not Pellegrino. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't know Miss Pat is bougie. Now. What kind of one percent shit oh, yeah. is happening down there? <laughs> I outed you. I, I went into it. I, I went to her trailer, Chris. She got a whole pallet of Pellegrino just sitting. On the floor. <laughs> I've got a TV show now. I can't drink just regular ginger ale. I've got to have Pellegrino. 
No, I like Pellegrino. I put the crystal light inside of it, and it's so fucking good. <laughs> it is really fucking good, and I can drink it all day long. I know everybody come in my house that black. They be like, "What the fuck is this?" Or if I'm on Facetime, somebody like, "You drink that bullshit?" I'm like, "Niggas, catch up. This shit is delicious." I'm mad that you ruined Pellegrino with crystal light back. <laughs> right. <laughs> At least upgrade to Kool Aid or something. Jeez. Uh, they taste like shit without them. <laughs> It's just it's kind of a bitter taste. Sparkling water without flavor is a little weird. John, aren't aren't you glad you don't look like Chris Spangler? Let me get a let me get a closer. He looks a little like Rachel Maddow, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel Maddow meet Rosie O'Donnell. You want to hear? So I I was Rachel Maddow for Halloween about four years ago. I will send you a photo, and that was on that my brother, who's funny sometimes. Literally said the exact same thing that you just said to me. <laughs> He's got kind of a, if you've ever seen Ira Glass, that, like in that vein, yeah. Uh, so, John, how, what do you do? Like, how, when you heard her on Mark Marin, what do you do that you could help her get a TV show? I don't know that I helped her that much. It took about six years, but. Um, Five. <laughs> <laughs> we've certainly grown to be friends through the process. Um, he didn't even have a baby when I knew him. <laughs> I, I, well, the first thing I did was I, I pulled over on the side of the road because, um, I remember where I was, I was on, I was on, uh, I live in the Valley and you, where are you guys? You're, you're in LA or Indy. I'm in Indy. He's in Atlanta right now. Yeah. So, um, I was on Sepulveda Boulevard, uh, and, um, uh, I, you know, the highway, you probably know 405 and Sepulveda and they run parallel and, um, and, uh, and I, you can't pull over on the highway, but on Sepulveda, there's all these like turnoffs for utility trucks or whatever. And Pat was telling the story. The whole thing was, in, was funny, but I, I remember it specifically. She was telling the story about Jimmy Carter at the McDonald's. <laughs> and I, and I pulled over on the side of the road and I very nearly peed myself. And I, I don't, I don't know. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't, but it was like it was like it was almost like like you know in Forrest Gump how he was just like or there's this old movie called Zelig this old Woody Allen movie and the guy was just everywhere he yeah. was in all these like famous historical spots at all these you know famous times and um I just I it was like all so unbelievable the story but that's just part of it I mean and the storyteller is the important thing yeah, because you read the book and you're just like, holy shit, somebody lived through this. But then when you hear on a podcast or see your live, it's just you can't believe that somebody is as gifted of a storyteller. Like what? What? Like, I think I think it's going to be funny that Miss Pat is the first person in history to call the president a nigga and get a TV show. Because of it. <laughs> Oh, well, something for that one. It be a no, 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 no. It worked for Sean Hannity. <laughs> um, and then he called. He, he, but that when, when that podcast dropped, it was really all to sell the book, which which went really well. But then him and five other people called. Well, a lot, a lot of people. Marin's podcast is pretty popular in 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 Hollywood. A lot of people listen to it, especially and, at that time. At that time, it was I, like yeah, huge. Yeah, has it dropped off a little bit? Oh no, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's more um, like Ro- Rogan has kind of that cultural spot, whereas before it right. was Marin, and before that was Corolla, and like you know, so somebody always kind of comes up and takes like that 
that top. I yeah. love Marin's podcast because I don't know. It, it, some so I love stories that are chronological, and um, and and he seems to operate in that way. And it's sort of like from every story is like from birth to the grave. And um, and I like a lot of them, but Pat's was the best I'd ever heard. And um, so yeah, so it was a popular. It's a popular podcast in the industry, and um, I guess she got a lot of she got a lot of calls. Um, and, uh, and I was one of them. I don't know who the others were, but I know new Regency. Yeah. Uh, we met with quite a few people. We met with five people and you was my last one that day. So I, so I said, are you going to, what did I say? Oh, I called your manager at the time, right? Yeah. You got my manager. And, and I asked if you were going to be in LA and I think you, you had plans to come to LA, right? Yeah. So you did a round of meetings and I was your last one. And, um, I walk in and it's this young white kid because i can't tell jewish people from white people and this, this, <laughs> fuck you just got the it's tv show and you're gonna lose it what the fuck it's a it's a very 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 small infinitesimal well i learned now the nose give it away but i didn't know at first so i just <laughs> chris what are we gonna do you can't say that do you want do you want the tv show or not edit that out i'm sorry okay well let me back back up well i walk in and it's this young white guy nothing she can say nothing offends me i I mean i didn't know i'm being honest i mean i I don't i didn't i didn't know anything about jewish people i even told him the holocaust story i i didn't know so i walk in and there's this young guy i'm thinking he's about 20 something years old and he sat there and and empire's the biggest thing on their net um well, Brian Grazer, them shit at the time. And I'm like, what the fuck he want? And he put his foot on him. He, 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 you put your foot on the table and totally turned me off. I wanted to slap Oh, the this is that guy. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, get your foot off the table. Well, it was my table. But- yeah. I don't give a- <laughs> <laughs> it was his table. It was his table. And I was like, I'm sitting there. He got his foot on the table. I'm like, who raised this nigga? This is what I'm saying to myself. All because his feet is on. And you know, he's he's Jewish, so he's not like black people. His tennis shoes are not nice. They don't give a fuck about nice tennis shoes. He, he got a shit ton of money in the back. He don't give a fuck about no shoes. I'm like, get them dirty ass shoes off that fucking table. That's what I'm saying to myself. Right. <laughs> and I hated him. I hated you, Rattler. I hate him. Did you hate me just for my shoes or also for my my words? Yeah, that was literally the only. I just didn't. When you put your foot on that table, I wanted to whoop you. Plus, I didn't know he was like 30 something. He looked like he was like 19 years old. So I'm thinking this is a fucking kid. I had no idea that this man was married and he was a grown ass man. I'm just thinking, you know, he's some young ass little boy. Then, Just a on, tiny baby working in Hollywood. You know, he's a grown ass man, but I thought he was a baby. I just told him that. So, are you aging backwards? You looking even younger now? But I, that's what I thought he was. I thought he was a fucking kid. Yeah, I, I was at this company called Imagine, which is uh, like Pat said, they were they were producing Empire at the time, which Fox. was huge. They had just launched their first season. And Imagine is like um uh like a legendary company and and not to me because i had never heard of it so they was like somebody wants to see you from imagine but that Uh, was uh it's it's a ron howard and brian grazer's company which i didn't know 
All I know was Opie. So I didn't know his real name. And I had never heard of Brian Glazer. Like, like to give people, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like they just did Hillbilly Elegy, uh, Beautiful Mind, 8 Mile, Genius. American Da Vinci Code, Happy oh, Gilmore. Oh, yeah. So Brian and Ron produced Apollo 13 and right. all, tons and tons of classic films. And then um, and Backdraft and Ransom and the best Beautiful Mind. Eddie and- Murphy movie, Nutty Professor. And of all those and a, and a bunch of those Jim Carrey movies like like, like Liar Liar. And it's a, they, they've been together for like 30 plus years. And it's sort of a um, uh, an incredible run of um, of a really broad range of different genres. And no one really operates like that anymore. It's probably not possible. But on the TV side, they also did some amazing stuff, too. So they did like um, at the time they were doing Empire. But before that, they did Friday Night Lights and 24 and Arrested Development and um I think Aaron Sorkin's first show, Sports Night. So they did some they did some really great stuff in in, in film and television. And so what did so, you do there? What did you do there at the time? I was I was just like a I was like a mid level executive there. So I was a I was a uh, um, I you was could put your of, feet on your own table. Right. I had my own office. I could I could I could, gen, I could generally I could generally do what I wanted in my office with my feet and my dad. But, but like you're in charge of you're in charge of like bringing in talent and maybe development. And so like you're you're a big deal at this big deal entertainment company. And then Miss Pat walks in. And what were your perceptions of her at first? Like, did you notice her getting uncomfortable at you putting your feet on the table? Like, what what did you think of Miss Pat at the time? Well, the the person sitting in front of me in my office didn't really square with the person I listened to on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she asked you to get her a drink. What's or... that supposed to mean? She, you were shy. She was shy. Yeah. No, she was running through my head. Well, she was quiet. Present- she was cussing you out, and she didn't want to let it slip. That's what it was. And um, and I and it wasn't until I started really hanging out with Pat outside of like a work environment that I understood. And I think you've probably changed a little bit in the past few years, but I'm older. Uh, yeah. But, but, but once you, you have to get wound up a little bit, like one of those <laughs> little cars, you know, that you pull so, backwards like a diesel engine, you let them go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it also, cause after, after I left his office, I went over and I signed with new Regency and nothing happened there. And what was what was so crazy is my manager at the time called me and said the, the contract expired that day. And I was like, I'm not signing back with them. They didn't find a writer. And what, Rattler called. What, can you explain what you're talking about? I, I'm lost. Oh, so she met she met with us and a bunch of other people. And, and I she, chose, she didn't pick us. I oh. didn't pick them. I picked uh, New Regency. Gotcha. So when he called back, because he ne- we never heard back from him. So I just went on ahead with New Regency. So then... When when Lee was talking about getting up, when you know when they knew Lee wanted to do another show, he started showing back up. And no lie, the day my contract ended with New Regency, he picked up the phone and said, "Hey, did our contract end yet? Because we want her to meet Lee Daniel." And my manager was like, "How the fuck do he know the contract end?" It was like he wouldn't go away. He would because every now and then he would email my man. He's like, "This dude would not fucking go away." Did and you, so did you man, know my manager didn't like him? John, did not, huh? John, did you know that the contract had expired that day or were you just like it was a total chance that you just happened to email them out of the blue? I had no idea. I, I just couldn't get that. I couldn't get I couldn't get Pat and, and, and the podcast and all that out of my head. So I just figured, you know, it takes nothing to send an email every few weeks just to check in. And 
oftentimes these things go nowhere. Not not even uh, most of the time, it's no fault of the people who are who are trying to develop something. It's just it's hard, especially with the you got to put a bunch of elements together to make one of these shows work. And that means finding a writer and all these other components. And and sometimes it just doesn't it just doesn't click, you know. And so then he called and found out the contract and he, and my manager was like, oh, so I was working with somebody else, the lady from uh, Orange is the New Black. And then he told him, he said, well, we're about to do this. He said, well, before you do that, come on over here. Just let her meet him. And so I lived in uh, Indiana and he was like, uh, well, we can she get to Chicago? Because that's where you're going to meet him at. So my manager flew from L.A. and we were talking about Lee. Yeah, we went going. You yeah. said you he set up a meeting with Lee. So we go up there and I, I drove to Chicago, me and Gariana, and met my manager and we go on the set. And it was an instant hit. But I was was we talk no, we didn't even was we kind of befriend before we got with Lee? I don't remember, but just for context, Imagine was producing Empire with Lee Daniels. Right. So they were co co producing <clears throat> that show. And at the time it was like the biggest thing on television. Yeah. And so when when he when when I when I decided to go with Lee, I think I started to get to know you a little bit more before that, Mm -hmm. because you guys had me. No, what happened was you ended up I ended up going with them, but they didn't they kind of held me for a little while. No, no, it was the lead thing. It was the lead thing. And so then every TV takes forever to make. And so I kind of got to know him and I was like, he pretty fucking cool, <laughs> you know, cause I have my guard up. I'm ready to knock a motherfucker out. And then the more I got to know him and he just, I fucking became like family. And then my manager was like, what do you say? Cause my manager was uh, at the time fucking an asshole. And I was like, I really like this guy. He's like, why? I said, I guess cause I spent time with him. And so we just became friends. Like I remember leaving my license and, um, in Indiana, and I couldn't run a car, and this motherfucker gave me his BMW for the whole (laughs) 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 to go do my gig in Ontario, California, and people like, what type of relationship do they have? Because if I go there, I mean, everybody know Miss Pat and John Rowell. Right. (laughs) We went to football games together. We we just really, I I mean, that's how I am. I try to take in everybody. I try to get to know people outside the business because I don't give a fuck about the business business, but I want to know a person as an individual. And ended up, he was he was a big football fan like me, and I think we just grew closer and closer. And then he, he, he we went to a we went to a Falcons uh, Rams game in oh. uh, in Los Angeles. <laughs> so this is before the new stadiums opened, and and it was at the Coliseum. Which oh, is, that's right. Oh, those fucking which is uh, a dump. Oh, it was like <laughs> that stadium's and, like sixty years old, right? And I think we took and I think we took the train down there, right? Yeah, Does we that did. Sound right. We did. Um, and uh, and um, the Falcons killed the Rams. They won like 49 to 14 or something. But you'd like have that. thought Hercules played in that stadium <laughs> with those fucking concrete <laughs> seats. And it was fucking horrible. And I and I was sitting there in the stands and uh, and Pat disappeared. I had no idea where she went. <laughs> and um, at a certain point, I got a, I got a little worried. And she wasn't answering her phone or there was no reception at the stadium. And I went to go look for her. And um, uh, in my mind, I'm asking people, have you seen this woman? (laughs) But uh, have you seen this woman? I don't want to discuss ethnicity. (laughs) But what is she? What is she? What is she? She's loud. Big and black. (laughs) She she once called the president a nigga. Y'all know who I'm talking about. (laughs) 
So, so I, I and eventually I, I heard, I heard what I thought was who I thought was Pat, and um, she was just. I think this was almost like the purest form of comedy that could possibly exist because there was no audience. And she was just heckling Rams fans in the concourse. <laughs> I sure was. You and my friend came too. Remember, he was from Atlanta with his girlfriend. Yeah, but he wasn't there at the time. You were doing this. This was a solo mission. You were heck- <laughs> you were heckling you were heckling Rams fans and saying some. Br- I have a videotape of it somewhere. He's saying some pretty brutal stuff to these people, and um, and it was hilarious. And and the thing that was so interesting about it was like, I thought if I said if I said if I came within a uh, hundred yards of saying anything, mm-hmm. any of the words that yep. she said to these people, I would have been murdered. Yeah. And yet, and they yet, was high fiving me. <laughs> every every single incident ended in uh-huh. like a hug or a high five. <laughs> what were and- you saying, Miss Pat? I was saying, y'all ain't shit. We we beat y'all ass. And I was acting like, whoa, Ram, and then move my hand. And, you know, <laughs> I was just fucking with him. And, but, you know, it was all out of love. It, and was I was more br- it was way more brutal than that. I was talking mad shit yeah. on that concourse. That's that how you know she was at a Rams game and not a Raiders game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they beat your ass at the Raiders game. <laughs> they will beat your ass. And I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, but there's a, that that's you that quality to be able to do that, to make fun of someone like that and then to and then to hug at the end of it. That is the rarest of all qualities. There are very, very few people who have that who have that ability. There's, I don't know where it comes from or how you get it, but it's really it's really mostly you know, bullying. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss my ass. I was I was gonna say she has a fun sincerity about her, but yeah, bullying works too. Uh, hey, we I don't to, bully any fucking. We need to take a break. So we'll be right back after the break. We'll keep talking to John Rattler. <laughs> we back. So um, after we just, uh, but make a long story short, we just kept getting to know each other, which ended up being a friendship. Literally, when I go to LA, I'm like, uh, I stay at his house. That's but cool. he got two dogs, and I think one of them is racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this piece of shit. One of them want to sniff your pussy, and one of them just want to bark at you. And I fucking hate these goddamn dogs. Which what kind of dogs ra- are they? Which one's the racist, then? They're, they, they, I, didn't, I, I was not aware that their like, personalities were so developed. That uh, <laughs> Which one is the racist, and which one is the... The nigga that's always barking at me. And which one is the, is the sniffer? The other one. Okay. The little quiet one that be on the sofa. <laughs> Did he let his dog walk on the sofa? I'm like, what the fuck are these dogs doing on the sofa? You look up, they just land behind you. If you don't get your motherfucking ass breathing in my weave... <laughs> she has the most strict furniture rules. No feet, no dogs. Only ass well, I, on the I sofa. I guess in, in, a, in a white person's house, the dogs, they really have their run of the place, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That, not mine. I don't have animals either, but... Um, what kind of dogs do you have, John? They're little mutts, just from the from the shelter. They're, one's like 15 pounds, one's 18 pounds. They, they look like they're brothers, just- but they're not, yeah. <laughs> Bitches. They're and and in in her defense, they're horrible dogs. They're completely <laughs> untrained and um, they just bark all over the place. Remember I said I'm the same nigga that came over six months ago. Why the fuck are you barking at me? Nobody likes because <laughs> you're back. 
<laughs> Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> we, don't, we, we told you last time we don't like your kind around here. What you, <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. You know, they, they bark like they ain't never seen me before. I'm, like, I'm the same nigga. Ain't that many that comes over here. <laughs> So what, do you keep a nigga tally by the front door? Yeah. Do you keep a nigga tally by the door? Not I don't. <laughs> the dogs do. The dogs might, or someone else in my house might. <laughs> the dogs be like one nigga for you. <laughs> He's like what? What? What the hell? So are you? So are you involved in making the show now, or like where? How did we get from you hearing her on Mark Marin and then you picking up the show to like where we're at now? So th- this was this was a. Uh... Like Pat said, a five year process and um, and like anything uh, in television, it's really you got to find the right writer. And um, and uh, I think uh, it took us a long time to find that person. Doesn't mean we weren't selling the project because, you know, you could, I think, march Pat into a bunch of different rooms in our business and people want to buy stuff from her before because her stories are so funny and her life is so interesting and her point of view on all that is so, is so interesting. But we ended up developing it two times at Fox network and, uh, and um, both times we didn't get picked up and, uh, but they, they, after the first time they, they passed or, or, or Pat passed on the, I can't remember exact details, but whatever. We had to switch yeah. writers. We switched writers, and then we we did it again with Pat. We did it again with Fox, and then ultimately Fox passed, and um, and we uh, we got it. So that's when a new writer came on, the guy who's writing the project um, uh, in its current incarnation, and his name's Jordan Cooper, and and he uh, and and then we went and sold it to Hulu, and um, we went to Fox Twenty One. Yeah, the studio arm of uh, uh, when when I was working at Imagine, and, and that's where um, that's where Lee's deal was as well. Um, they were with a division of uh, a division called Twentieth, and for a long time, Twentieth's business was almost exclusively broadcast television, and um, and so it was really kind of at that uh, um, that inflection point where uh, streaming and it was taking over from broadcast. But but um, but the studio and our company, because our deal was there, was still a little old fashioned in that regard. So most of the projects at that time, it all changed a couple of years later, but that we were taking everything to broadcast. And the show really wasn't I mean, this was ultimately the problem. We didn't have the right writer, but also it really wasn't a broadcast show. And what I mean by that is not that I don't think you could put the show on broadcast if you had a broadcaster who um, who had some chutzpah and had some balls, you could put this show on and do really, really well with it. But they're not programmed that way, and they're really not conditioned to take those kinds of chances now. So uh, we, were, we were fortunate that it ended up uh, then through another division of the studio, and this might be a little inside baseball and in the weeds, so you tell me to stop if it gets boring. Well, let me, let me pause you there before we go there. Can you yeah. explain like the, like the, what is a development deal versus we need a writer, like just real basic kind of quickly what that means for people? The very basically is Pat decides she wants to go with us and with Lee and, um, and then 20th Century Fox, who's the studio, and they're the bank, um, they make a deal with Pat. 
Um, so that's assigned to our companies. Um, and they negotiate the terms of that deal, um, uh, a, a payment for Pat to develop it. And then they're also at that time going to negotiate her fee for the show if it ever makes it to series as well. Gotcha. So once all of that done, got done, we went over to Fox 101. Fox 101 walked in and we sold it in a room to Hulu. Right. And then Hulu developed it. They shot the pilot. And I remember on the night, um, what, what was so crazy on the night that we shot the pilot, because I remember him always saying, I'm not going to stop until I get you on TV. You remember telling me that? And I would say to myself, shut the fuck up, you lying. Because it had been dropped so many times. And, you know, other people saying, this is going to go. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I don't really believe anybody. But for some <laughs> reason, he kept saying, I'm going to, I'm, you're going to get on TV. And he about the only thing that I do believe in Hollywood other than Jordan and Jordan in Hollywood, but you know, he's executive producer. So I'm like, well, he haven't given up yet. He hasn't ran off yet. So it must be something here. So we take it on. We shoot it for Hulu. It was fucking a spectacular night, but I just had a feeling when I walked in that room back there and the big guy from Hulu was looking at me like he had just caught me robbing his house. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this man is not picking up this shit. <laughs> and, and they all, oh, it was so good. And I'm trying to tell him he's not going to pick it up. Wasn't I saying that? Nobody listened to me. I said, he's not going to pick up this show. And I remember them saying, why are you so negative? I said, I know energy. I know feelings that I get from people. I I felt the rejection when I walked back there in the room with all these, and it was Hulu and Imagine and Fox. I could just feel it. And when I looked at him and he had this thing in my eye, if I had a gun, I'd shoot you, bitch. Yeah, I just caught you breaking in my house. Because you had just shown them the pilot and then you all walk into a room right no, after no, no, the one screening? Thing, we had finished taping the pilot. Okay, gotcha. And gotcha. I just felt his energy. And I remember telling Jordan, I said, he's not going to pick it up that night. And did I tell you the same thing that night? Yeah. And I told him, I said, he's not going to pick it up. He's like, why? It's so good. I said, he don't want it. He don't get it. My spirit told me that night after the second take that he didn't want it. Nobody would listen to me. So Lee was like, oh, they're going to pick it up. And I was telling you, and they're not going to pick this up. Why would you say that? So it took him a month to drop it, mm-hmm. about a month to drop it. And then uh, I remember walking on stage that night. Then he was with me that night. He was mm-hmm. in North Carolina. And I got a call from Lee. He was blowing up my phone. And I'm like, what, what is it? What do you want? And he was like, I'm so sorry. They didn't pick it up. I said, I knew they weren't going to pick it up. I tried to tell y'all. Nobody would fucking <laughs> No. I was telling people. He, I can vouch for that. Not, she said it a million times. They ain't going to pick up I the show. I said it a yeah, million Nobody would listen but, to but, me. But we've talked about it before. Sometimes you, you're like, ah, this, isn't, this good thing isn't going to happen to me. You know, so I imagine that, no. like. You know, but you were very, you've, t- you told me that too. Like you were very like, it wasn't like, ah, oh, shucks. I don't think this is going to happen. It was like, this guy doesn't like me and this isn't going to happen. I don't and think, like, I'm not going to say he don't like me. I'm right. going to say the project, he didn't get it. Didn't so get to it. pick up to Miss Pat's show, what we're doing now, you got to get it. Yeah. You can't be scared and you got to get it. I usually trust your intuition because I think it's most of the time it's, it's, it's accurate, but. I don't know. I, 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 I think I believed the pilot came out and you guys have seen it, right? Yeah, it's really good. It yeah, came out, it came out great. And I've worked on a lot of crap. And <laughs> and, uh, and so and so uh, and so at, on, a, on, a, on some level, you just kind of trust that if something is 
objectively good yeah that, that they will see that as well and they will understand how to program it and um and and so i really believe that it would get picked up because i thought it was i thought it was objectively good um and uh and i i we never really are, are privy to all of the testing reports but we understand it tested really well too so, so let me let me ask you this so you and you say they how they program it like did this get picked up and dropped and not or not picked up, I guess I should say, a bunch of times because that's just normal for a show? Or is it because this is going to be a unique show dealing with tough subjects and maybe some cursing or, you know, I think edgy that, I think that, yeah, that some that that no, most of the time something goes through that process, that cycle once. And if it doesn't get picked up, which is 99.9% of the projects that it's dead. But I think everybody believed in Pat to the degree that we were all willing to keep running it back and trying to find a new writer for it. And, right. and you were very generous to give me credit for the last iteration, but I, I, I was not the person who found, I was, I think it was Lee who found, found Jordan. Is that right? Yeah. Lee found Jordan and, and um, asked me uh, to go meet Jordan on my birthday and I, I told this story before, and I fly, and I was like, oh, my God, this kid died as an old, fat, black woman. <laughs> he came back as a gay man. And I was like, I just felt his spirit. And I was like, I know you can do it. Such I, a terrible way to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, though, know, as somebody. You can choose how you come back either, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, as somebody and, who is to have died like that, it, it must have meant that he lived like that too. <laughs> so, as somebody who spent time in Miss Pat's house, like Jordan, I don't know if he spent time in your house, but he nailed the energy, the vibe. Like the pilot matches Miss Pat's family. Like I, it's it's so well, well written and well done. It's a sitcom now. So before we had been we had we had done two two tries at a single camera show, and um, and. The the reason we did that was just because at that moment they weren't making any sitcoms. The the mm. four camera sitcom was sort of dead. They had a couple of them on CBS. Uh, can, can you give an of example of the difference? Uh, a show that's shot in front of a studio audience with a laugh track, and they shoot it with four cameras in front, sort of like a live play. And um and and then and then Jordan, who was a kid i think he was still in college when we when we first met him literally uh uh had not graduated from college and um he uh i i i guess he just grew up with you know like a lot of kids he was a latchkey kid who just grew up with these sitcoms but he internalized them in a way that was like really really profound i, I and 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 what's what's so interesting about that is like, you don't meet anyone between the age of like, uh, I don't know, 25 and 50 who can still write one of these things because all the people who knew how to do it, the good ones, they've gone on to do other things or they died, you know? And then that other generation of people, they just don't know how to do it. They're influenced by, I think like, the 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 bad versions that they have on on di- on you know on on some of the on they're probably influenced by like the kids versions they don't look like they used to look in the seventies they're really like heavy on the laugh track canned audience laughter uh, really really bright colorful sets really over the top performances and lots of like and, setups and punchlines and very unnaturalistic dialogue. no stories and right. and, and the one the, well the show 
what we take three episodes so far, two episodes. We're on a third one. We've done it's three every, with the pilot. Yeah, three with the pilot. It's like it's like it's like watching him because when Jordan, the writer, uh, the co-creator or the creator, when he get to in his zone, he kind of talks to himself. He making he's actually having conversation. And, you know, that's how he put, put the voices in each person's mouth. So I know the standoff and say, oh, he's just out there creating. And, like, the way this show is going to open, I don't want to really give it away. But I was like, Jordan, we're not doing all that. He's like, no, 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 no. Let me let me, let me, me get it. And then the other day we shot, I was like, oh, this kind of cool. So yesterday, I don't know if he told you how he wants the next one to open. Hmm. It is so fucking cool. And I'm like. Just, just I said, I said, it's kind of funny to watch this kid take all these millions of dollars, a black kid, <laughs> and just turn into a fucking playground. I was That's like, awesome. Lee Daniel really set you up good with all these millions of dollars, and you just fucking in a playground. <laughs> he really wanted to do a throwback uh, show in the style of uh, of all the Norman Lear sitcoms, and um, and the interesting thing is like, and and really a lot of us have gone back and watched these at Jordan's at Jordan's insistence. But in those old, in those old Norman Lear sitcoms, they're not cursing like they're going to curse in our show, but the language they used and, 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 uh, and the topics they discussed were really current and very honest. And you don't, and, and no broadcast television network would touch those with a 10 foot pole now. So I don't know. I don't know what happened, how things got so safe and so anodyne, but, um, but, uh, but this show is really meant to be a throwback to those shows with, with very modern language, sometimes filthy language. That's very unique to Pat and her and her family. Filthy language. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it reflects Miss Pat's house. Dion, did you hear any fucking filthy language? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to ruin any of the surprises. <laughs> hey, hey, why don't why don't we stop here and end this episode, and then we'll come back and do a part two with John because I want to hear how this got picked up with BET Plus. Okay, all right, all right. Why don't you give us an outro or like add a little more like. All right, y'all. Y'all got to stay tuned for part two of this year. How the Miss Pat show was developed. And hey, we're going to keep it going, too. You're going to get to meet all the cast over the weeks before we wrap, too. So make sure you... What did I say? Do I need an intro? Yeah. Th- just tune in next week. <laughs> yeah, just tune in. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris. Bye, y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of The Pat Down. Make sure you check out my website at misspatcomedy.com for all of my social media my tour dates my book make sure you spread the word about my podcast please rate and review please rate and review and share thank y'all so much y'all i've been miss pat